This is Radio Wave, broadcasting from Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama. We pray that you are growing as much as we are and enjoying as much as we are these broadcasts during this time of retreat as we prepare for the 40th anniversary later this week. A friend of Medjugorje gave himself and his life to the messages. That was his understanding. That was his charism. His calling was to the messages. His witness was to the understanding of Our Lady's words. It's what he gave his life to when many people were ignoring what Our Lady was saying and wanting only to promote the miracles or the conversion stories a friend of Medjugorje was paying attention to in giving his life to the messages that many people, even within the Medjugorje world, were saying were repetitious. But he saw value in the messages. But more than that, he saw a roadmap for the future and understanding of the world. For those of you who listen to Medjugorje, you're familiar with a friend of Medjugorje's term, placing the messages as a template over all of your life's issues, money, the economy, the church, your family, government, politics, every topic covered under the messages. This was solely a friend of Medjugorje who discerned this understanding of the messages over every life topic. Tonight's broadcast comes to us from February the 2nd, 2011, and the title was, The Message is the Map. Here is a friend of Medjugorje. Well, I want to welcome everyone to our show again today. And as usual, the second of the month is something of a momentous part of our lives. Those in the future will look back upon and say, what were they doing? What were they thinking? They're in such a fog. And to have the Mother of God, the Queenship, coming to be laid out into the triumph. And so it is we have this message today. We have Maria's message on the 25th. And these are the most important things in our lives at this moment as far as spiritual direction. So, Joan, without any delay, why don't you read the message for the second of the month? Our Lady of Medjugorje's February 2nd, 2011, message on the Day of Nonbelievers. Dear children, you are gathering around me. You are seeking your way. You are seeking. You are seeking the truth, but are forgetting what is the most important. You are forgetting to pray properly. Your lips pronounce countless words, but your spirit does not feel anything. Wandering in darkness, you even imagine God himself according to yourselves and not such as he really is in his love. Dear children, proper prayer comes from the depth of your heart, from your suffering, from your joy, from your seeking the forgiveness of sins. This is the way to come to know the right God, and by that also yourselves, because you are created according to him. Prayer will bring you to the fulfillment of my desire of my mission here with you, to the unity of God's family. Thank you. Well, this is a beautiful message, powerful message, and a message that long contemplation. Our lady gave Mary, I want the message. that said, I want you to meditate a long time on this message I give to you today. Of course, every message has that as a protocol to understanding it because she says we're wandering in darkness and you even imagine God himself according to yourselves. I know in our travels I saw on the cover of a magazine it said somebody who was modeling, and not necessarily terribly immodest, but it was not something that was really holy. And on the front of it it says, this woman saying, I love my work, and I have to thank God every day for having the job. You know, her, she thinks God is delighted in this kind of work, you know, she's imagining God himself according to herself, you know, that and her love, not according to his love. Now, he just told us, you imagine God himself according to yourselves, and not such as he really is. He is a God of love. And John teaches us in the gospel that he's, God's love is best displayed through obedience. Obedience to what? Obedience to God's precepts. 
And so we are wandering in darkness, and people really don't know who God is. Again, travel every time you go to a hotel, everything is about the God of environmentalism. You know, don't wash these towels. If you can save them, hang them up, we won't have to wash them again. And this is part of the message today. You are seeking your way. You are seeking. You are seeking. You are seeking the truth. But we don't find the truth, in other words. Because the truth is the hotel could care less about the environment. The hotel uses this lie that we care about the environment so that we can save money on make more profit. You know, we've grown stupid. We're in a fog and we don't know that. We, we wander in this darkness and we're really not looking at truth. We're seeking truth, but we don't look at real truth. And truth is God. And when you find that truth, you realize the things that the world sounds important is not, and often motivated by unsound reasoning, and illogical, with no common sense. Of course, I told us Jesus is the Word, and the Word is the light of common sense. Jesus Christ is common sense. And so, we have this message today, I think it's a beautiful message. You know, people at the Waiting Wall, they, if you've ever been there in Jerusalem, they they got their hands on the wall, and they're looking around, and they're looking at everybody else, and they're praying, and they're just pronouncing words. But we're doing the same thing. Your lips pronounce countless words, but your spirit does not feel anything. All right, wants us to have a passion in prayer, a passion of calling out to God. And it's not that, oh, you do this, and I'm going, you're going to win the lottery. You do this, you're going to be cured from cancer. It says, from the depth of your heart, from your suffering. Suffering is a value. It's redemptive. Jesus Christ made it have value. He himself suffered for us. And this always brings you joy. That's some people that can be even in a wheelchair are very joyful people. Some people that are not in a wheelchair and healthy are not joyful people. So the heart connected with God, with contrite, and always remember to receive a grace, you need to be in a state of grace, which means what he says, from your joy, from your seeking the forgiveness of sins. So always, always, we need to go to bed at night and reflect and do examination of conscience. This examination of conscience puts us in a state of grace. Even if you can't go to confession, you can do this examination of conscience and say, God, I don't deserve your mercy, but I want to do what you said through your mother. when she says, open your hearts to God's mercy. That's all we have to do. And run to confession. Run to seek forgiveness. And on the way, if you get killed and you how that make it, you you've opened your heart to that forgiveness in a car wreck or whatever. So we, we should never de- even delay that. Wait, well, I go to confession three days from now. Confess now. Get on your knees now tonight and say, today I did this and this is wrong. And and our society and our culture that we've made, it's not easy to go to confession. It's not easy to run and hit that thirty minute little window on Saturday afternoon before mass. And that's why I believe for a long time, my lady said today. Pray for peace. She calls us to pray for, for priest. And, you know, I believe every priest should be in confessional 30 to 45 minutes before Mass and afterwards. And people say, well, they got things to do. Well, quit being administrators. Be in the church. You know, we got the movie from years ago, Build It, Then They Will Come. We've seen where people and priests have called people to confession and people come. And how Lady gave us a solution for the whole West. That means everybody, Western Europe. I mean, Western, the United States, all of Europe, we have a cure. She says confession, monthly confession will be a cure for the West. That's all we have to do. But so we complicate things. We make things so tangled up, and we've forgotten really how to worship. We've forgotten really what is the heart of worship. We don't know these things anymore. And because we don't know what the heart of worship is anymore, we're not able to Seek in the right places. We seek in environmentalism, or this culture does at least. The God of the earth, the God of pleasure, the God of entertainment, the God of modeling, and this is my God. So what is your God? And so we've got to go back to the heart of worship. We've got to quit all the frills. We've got to go back to the organic life of purity of Christian living. Fades 
all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song.
we have Our Lady telling us these things, that this is the way to come to know the right God, and by that, also yourselves, because you're created according to Him. See, we have people that, again, as I was talking before the song, that their concept of God is warped. We let the culture develop for us what is God. And God's pleased with me if I do modeling and I'm in modest with it. I mean, how did we get so far off base that even children with purity today, even in the culture, would, can see certain things. But as we grow older, we get so so dark and we no longer see what's right or wrong. Or the right God. And Our Lady calls us to be in the family of God. Joan, read the second of the month about the family of God last month when Our Lady talked about this. Dear children, today I call you to unity in Jesus, my son. My motherly heart prays that you may comprehend that you are God's family. Through the spiritual freedom of will, which the Heavenly Father has given you, you are called to become cognizant of the truth, the good, or the evil. May prayer and fasting open your hearts and help you to discover the Heavenly Father through my Son. In discovering the Father, your life will be directed to carrying out of God's will and the realization of God's family in the way that my Son desires. I will not leave you alone on this path. Thank you. See, so here is January 2nd, and now we got February 2nd. And I says, prayer will bring you to the fulfillment of my desire. Of my mission here with you. I think on a mission. And not a little mission. Her mission is for the salvation of the world. Her mission is for you to understand to sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. God's desire, with Ali's desire, is for the conversion of the entire world. And so she says, of my mission here with you, to the unity of God's family. So people have different concepts of God, and Allah wants us to see truth. In the last month, we just heard she says, you're not cognizant of the truth. And here today, she says, you're seeking your way. You're seeking, comma, she says that a second time. And a third time, she says, you're seeking the truth. And so we're forgetting what's most important. We're not getting the truth because we're so in a fog. Why do you think that she stated that three times in the message, and that the middle you are seeking, she doesn't refer to any particular way of seeking. The first way is you're seeking your way. The last one is you're seeking the truth. What is the purpose of her saying this three different times? Oh, the reason I was sitting years ago in the Vatican with the Cardinal, and he told me, you know, we have many good people doing bad things. And, and it struck me like a bell. I mean, like ringing in your head. It's true. Everybody, you know, people are so bad. I mean, we're walking around suit and ties. We're cultured. We're proper at dinner. We have refinement. We don't have mud on our shoes. And so we think we're doing right. We're seeking the right way. But we don't really have what's right. It's better to have mud on your knees from working in the soil and, and have a pure heart than to have all the darkness that's in our heart. And we're have the appearance of a clean society. You know, we, we shower once a day, sometimes twice a day. Everything's clean in the body. Everything's clean in the culture. We clean the streets. Don't litter. You know, sign on our road was excellent sign. It says, only trash litters. Uh, so we're, we come up with these clever phrases, but it's a sign of the disease we suffer from. Uh, this doesn't impress God. A clean heart impresses God. We've lost that. And so we're seeking... Three times I like seeking, 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 pray, pray, pray. I like goes through this theme, you know, God the Father, Jesus Christ, the, the Holy Spirit. And, and we don't know who the right God is. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's not partial God. This woman, and I've talked about that on this cover, says, you know, I'm, I thank God every day. You know, so she believes in the one God, but the concept of God, the right way to think of God, who he really is. I mean, the three great monolithic religions are Judaism, Christianity, and Muslims. Yeah, Muslims. And that's probably 90% of the whole world, if not more. And so, yeah, Muslims live in, believe in the same precepts we believe, and the Jews believe. And the concept of God, they don't have. 
The concept of the Jews, they don't have it. The concept of the Muslims, they don't have the right God. People say, well, Allah's not God. Well, they're worshiping a God that they say is the one true God. They're partial right in this. But where they're wrong is they call us infidels. Why do they call us infidels? Because they see themselves as here on earth and God way up there. And God way up there is this awesome, mighty God that you have to bow down to. And he's way distant and he's wrathful and he's this way and he's demanding and he's so principled that he can't relent like he did in enemy. And mercy. And they don't know how to open themselves up to the love of God. So why are we infidels? Because we say God the Father... And that's blasphemy to say he's the Father. It's blasphemy to say God the Father has a son called Jesus Christ. But if God's our Father, Jesus Christ is our brother, we're disgusting to them in that sense because how can God be our brother when we're such defiled creatures? We're dirt. We're smut. And so this concept of God, that we can say God is our brother which makes God our Father. And Mary being the mother of Christ, she's now our mother. And conception happened through the Holy Spirit. Mary's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. We're in the family of God, the unity of God. Muslims don't have that beauty. And I lay call upon you to witness to them. I lay even give a message about Muslims, Muslim brothers who hate you. And so it is. And it's just good Muslims up there. We, we know some. But the, the doctrine, the, the unity, the family of God, Our Lady wants to see. We're really in a family. Our Lady wants us on her knees and say, Father, point your heart out to him. And he really can be intimate that way. You know, what your Father, you know, Father seeks to give you what you want if you seek him as the right God. And so... It, it can't be said that well, they, you know, I've heard people say, well, the Muslims, their God's not God. They say, well, God is God. They just don't have the right God. But they do have something of a divinity. The people who worship in trees don't have any divinity. But the indigenous people who have the tradition, and we have see a world shift-wise all the way around the world through political correctness where people are going back to this earth worship, this rock worship, this frog is God, this thing is God. You know, when I consecrated the tree in the field, I, my wife and my children, we joined hands around it before we even had a concept that our lady could even come there. And we didn't even know about the apparitions. And we said we prayed that all who see this tree see God in it. I didn't say that in worship of that, but that God's the creator, it's of God. It's his wonder, it's his thing, and we should see God in that way. But we don't worship the thing, we worship the creator who made it. We buy a piece of equipment and, say, a big machine or a big tractor, we join hands around, we impose hands on it and say, God, this is of you. This thing is you. It's not God literally, but he made the minerals that laid in the earth 200 years ago. We draw them together, we find them. He, as long as the physics, put it together. And it's a touch of God's genius. See, the transmission of the glory goes to God, not the machine. But when we see it, I can't get on an airplane to this day without looking out the window and saying, God, you are so incredible. How did you make this hunk of metal fly? You can tell me the laws of gravity. You can tell me the laws of wind falls and how it goes around the range. But I still am in awe of God that he has discovered these things. Man discovers nothing. We found what God laid hidden in the earth. What was that plane 200 years ago? Nothing but dirt. It's minerals, the plastics, the wires, the things most foreign inside that plane that you can't conceive it coming from the soil, is from the soil. And that's what we talk about in our mesonomics, because all wealth comes from the soil. You create wealth when you work with the soil. When you work with paper, you're not creating wealth. You're building and taxing the original wealth that comes from the earth. And that's what our lady wants to see this truth. She wants us to come back to truth. She wants us to come and see and get out of this fog, that the culture is in a fog, and that we have many good people doing bad things, and that the day comes off, when the day comes, she's come here with a message to burn off this fog and let the light shine in the world we live in, and to bring us to a better place. And where our Father wants us to wait, you know, where our Father waits for us. But in this life, too, we begin that. So this 
light that's coming into the world is coming through these messages to open us up. How the world can be so cold Stealing the souls of a man Cloudy skies rain down On all your dreams You wrestle with the fear and doubt Sometimes it's hard but you gotta believe Listening to Countdown to the 40th Anniversary with a friend of Medjugorje. Broadcasting on your favorite station, Radio Wave, 24 hours. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned about the political correctness and people's concept of God. Just recalling last month's Radio Wave broadcast from January 2nd, you spoke about the family of God and what Our Lady had said in the way that God desires, and you spoke about how our concept of this family of God is so wrong and that God is a, is a masculine God, and that today we're a female-driven society. And it's just interesting that in today's message, Our Lady said that, speaking to us, that we're wandering in darkness, and that we imagine God himself according to ourselves, and not as he really is with his love. And then again, Our Lady says, created according to him. It seems as if Our Lady is picking up again from last month in this concept of this family. You just spoke about how God is his father, 
And there's many today, even within the membership of the church, who don't have this concept as, as father. And I think you've spoken about this before, about this concept of father. Well, it nauseates me to hear from the puppet, sisters and brothers. It ain't sister and brothers, I'm telling you. It ain't that. It's brothers and sisters. Adam first, Eve second. We put sisters first, and, and the devil starts with words. He always does this. The battle to change mentalities starts with a concept of, of our thinking. Your thinking is affected by the words you hear. So there's an agenda from the straight from the hell to put sisters first. Even when you open a door, when we used to open doors for women, you know who was first? Okay, you say, I open a door for a woman. She goes in. No, you step in front of her and you open that door for her. You precede her because she is a weaker vessel, as the scripture says in the New Testament. And so God, man was made for God, woman was made for man. As a toy? No, that's not what they're saying. God is manly. We're to be a male-driven society. That's how things work. Does that negate the influence of the woman? By no means does it do that. It elevates it. And we are to be a protector of the woman, the weaker vessel. We're to nurture that protection. We're to step in front of her, open the door, and let her proceed first through the door even though we're through the door partially with our own being standing there. And so women's law protection, because this concept of us thinking it's sisters first. You know, so what was woman created for? For the man? A woman was created to show us the love of God. She's the touch of love. The finesse of a woman, the soothing way she can hold the child who scraped his knee, the love she possesses, and how she can nurture and rebuild the culture, no man can do that. She possesses traits that have been misguided and put into corporate world and doing this in her career that have degraded her, that takes this kind of great talent to be in the home, make a home, nurture the family. And so her traits are superior to men. And so we got this, well, a woman can do everything. Of course she can. God put those things in her. And when man feels lonely, when he needs that love, the husband or the children, it's that love who comes to her in a special way. doesn't mean man shouldn't love. We're commanded to love our wives. But we don't have the right concepts. We don't understand how this relationship works. God made man for himself. God made woman for man. It doesn't make her any less. It doesn't mean she's of any less value. Soul to soul is the same thing, male or female. It's equal before God. But it's not equal in the structure and the infrastructure of God wants in the world. When you understand these precepts, woman can be fulfilled. She's seeking everything out in the world now, at the malls and all these places. Man's seeking after her. He doesn't chase God. You see on these airplanes every time you're on the coast someplace, Tuesday night, women free. Well, why? Because man's seeking the women. She gets her drinks free. You just get the woman there, and then the man's going to follow. You know, everybody comes a bunch of dogs. And so the purity of where he calls us to is something of a way that he says, you're gathering around me. That's what she wants. But even as you're gathering around me, she adds, you're seeking your way. You want to come to me your way. I'm saying, don't do that. She adds, you're seeking. Then she adds that, you're seeking the truth. But forgetting what is most important. You're forgetting to pray properly. And so through prayer, we'll begin to see things. We'll be illuminated. And through prayer, you'll be able to listen to a lady in a special way. Because a lady wants us to gather around her. She wants to uncover the truth, who we are in the family of God, as a mother wraps her arms around us. That's how love works. It's such a mystery how you found something in me That I never knew was there But you uncovered it so easily You turn me like a season And I begin to change You wrapped your arms around me 
broken, come tumbling down. I've heard the voice of a love calling without making a sound. See, I was touched by an angel the day you took my hand. You know that you're the miracle that makes me Every time you do that, if you ever tell your spouse to shut up, 
means your child can tell God to shut up and get out of my life. You're doing eternal injury to them. The more whole a child is, it is determined by the love of exchange between the husband and wife. An incredible thing. An incredible revelation about these perfect revelations coming through the messages. So we've got to listen to the heart. We've got to listen to the heart of Our Lady. What's in her heart? If we listen to the heart, we'll know all things that need to be done, and we'll be fulfilled, we'll be satisfied, we'll come into peace, and our seeking will find real truth, truth by God, by simply listening to my heart, Our Lady's heart.
The one more thing to at least to bring out about this message is that Our Lady said today in the message that your lips pronounce countless words, but your spirit does not feel anything. And this is a really interesting statement from Our Lady, and I just would like to hear what you'd have to say about that, because so often you hear about it's not about feeling, it's not about feeling, but yet Our Lady's mentioned the word feel about 34 times in her messages, and always in reference to feeling something in prayer or feeling something in in the spirit or in the spiritual life. And on October 20th, 1984, Our Lady said, when you pray, you must feel more. Prayer is a conversation with God. And Our Lady goes on to say, prayer is not a joke. Prayer is a dialogue with God. And I'm just interested to hear what you have to say about that, because it, we do hear a lot about it's not about feeling. But yet Our Lady today says your spirit does not feel anything. Well, we're dead. We're dead to the spiritual world because we are so involved in the in the material world. And to bring that to life takes prayer, and it takes proper prayer, and, and prayer from death. Once you start talking to God as a father, once you talk to Mary as mother, once you talk to Jesus Christ as brother, once you talk to the Holy Spirit as a comforter, I need comfort going to bed tonight. I've had a tragic day. I've got to wake up to a great problem I've got to have deal with tomorrow. You need comfort. You can have everything's available to you. The wealth of the spiritual life has never been so alive for man as today. You're rich. You're rich. It's like looking for a trunk full of gold with untold wealth in it, and you dig it in the wrong spot because you misread the map. The map is a message. You read the message, you'll dig right on top of it and find that treasure chest. That treasure chest is a spiritual wealth that we can't even conceive of in the past church history. This is the greatest moment in the church since Jesus Christ walked the earth. And we'll never have anything supersede this moment when Christ walked the earth except the second coming of Christ. So you've got to recognize the signs of the times, what's available to us, and if that's the case, you'll have something that you can feel with passion. I read the message, and I, I don't just get the sheet of paper. I didn't get it today and when y'all sent it to me. And, I mean, I get myself in a proper disposition before I read these words, because we'll, we'll be remembering them in eternity. They're that, that significant, and I want to feel what our lady says, because Maria said, when our lady says the word love, she feels love. When our lady says, I'm sad in your darkness, she feels sadness. The words are defined by real power of the actual emotion. When our lady cries, the angels cry. They feel what our lady feels. Can you feel what God feels? He's given us everything. He's given us food. He's given us transportation and things of the world and hot water and wish of every whim you want. And you've rejected him. You've neglected him. You've not thought about him. How's God feel? How's God feel that way? Get into his shoes. Just as you, if you ever hurt your own father on this earth. And you know how that feels. And so, as we end this program, I want to say, you have to come in March. There's diabolical right now. There's people saying, don't come in March to Alabama, to the bedroom, into the field. Why? Because we speak the truth. The truth is a message. The message is of God. Because we speak that, the devil don't want you to come. You don't listen to anybody that puts that out. I'm telling you, it's diabolical. These people need praying for. It's demonic in the first degree. And it's first degree murder. Murder of those who might have come and convert. Oh, I'm not worried about the numbers. Hotels are being booked up. There's several already completely full. But we won't, as L.A. said in the late 90s, repeatedly, every anniversary, thank you for coming in large numbers. Our Lady wants to gather you with her. Come to the field. Come March 19th, the 23rd. Do everything you can. It's free camping. Go buy your tent at Walmart. Get in the tent. Pack your own food. Do whatever you got to do, but you come to be in the presence. This time will never come back to the earth again. You'll never have these opportunities. And if you say, I've been there before, they come again because you know what you felt before. And people have told us, it's one of the greatest moments of my life. I never thought I could experience something like that. You need her. I need her. God needs her. She's saving us. We love you. We wish you, Our Lady. Good night.